0: Well, good to see you guys this morning. My name is Kent. I'm one of the pastors here. Glad to have you with us. If you will, go ahead and grab a seat briefly. Um, we wanted to start off uh, today a little bit differently because, quite honestly, this has been a different sort of week in our country. Um, so in the past five days since Election Day, we have gone from not knowing who was going to win the election to thinking we knew who was going to win to thinking that we'd never know who was going to win. Thanks, Nevada, for that. Um, Did I say that right, Nevada, Nevada? I'm still working on that one. Thanks, Nevada, for that. Uh, To knowing exactly who won the election by the end of yesterday. So that's a lot to go through as a group of people, as a nation of people in just five days. And there's, to be honest, a wide range of responses from people in our country about all of that. Some people are excited. Some people are frustrated and angry. Others, I think, namely minorities in our country are breathing a deep sigh of relief and maybe even crying some happy tears at times, which is understandable. Uh, Other people still, I, I think, are anxious because we don't know how the current president is going to respond of the events of the past five days. We don't know just how chaotic or how extreme his response is going to be. So I think with all of this going on, the question for us as followers of Jesus is how do we respond? How are we called to think about and approach and navigate all of this as followers of Jesus? And and there are probably all sorts of things we could say in response to that question, but I wanted to just offer four things to you that I think are important in terms of how we, as followers of Jesus, as God's people in the world, move forward in light of everything the past week or so. First. I would say that as God's people, we listen early and often. We listen early and often. The scriptures tell us that we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So there are a lot of people in our nation that have not been heard very well the past four years. There are a different group of people that feel like they may not be heard the next four years. There are going to be a a whole lot of people that for whatever reason do not feel seen or valued or heard at all, And the nature of politics is that politicians are always going to have a tendency to listen to certain groups of people better than they listen to others, right? But in followers of Jesus, when people in our world come across followers of Jesus in their life, I think one thing that they should find is a group of people who willingly and consistently listen to them. They try to identify with where they're coming tra- from, try to hear what they have to say and respond well to it, which leads us to the next thing that I think we're called to do as God's people, and that's that we're called to rejoice with those who rejoice, and that we are called to grieve with those who grieve. That's Romans, or it says that we are to rejoice with those who rejoice, grieve with those who grieve. Following Jesus puts us in a unique situation where we are able to empathize with people from all over the political and social map, Without enshrining or demonizing anybody's worldview in the process. Because we know how to listen to the joys and hurts of all different people, we also know how to genuinely rejoice and genuinely grieve alongside them in response. So that's the next thing. The third thing is that we are called to hope in Jesus alone. So biblically speaking, and we try to say this a lot around City Church, biblically speaking, hope is not a feeling first. It's, it's not an experience. It's not something that we feel in our gut. Hope it, is a verb. It, it means to build your life on something. It means to trust and lean on something in particular. And, and so while it's only natural to be excited or disappointed based on the results of an election, We know better as God's people than to make statements like everything will be okay now or everything is hopeless now. Those statements, I think, reveal that we have placed our hope in a place where it doesn't belong. So we hope in Jesus alone. And lastly, we pray for our leaders. First Timothy tells us to pray for the people that are put in authority over us, not in just an honorary lip service sort of way, but to pray actively for their wisdom and guidance and ultimately for their salvation, for them to know the living God of the Bible. And so that last one, praying for our leaders, is something I'd love for us to do together this morning, for us to just take a moment, pray for both our current and our future leaders that God would guide them. So if you will, pray with me. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are before all things, and in you all things hold together. God, we thank you that you know the end from the beginning, that you wrote the end of each of our stories from the beginning, that you know the end of America's story even now. And so, God, in light of all of that, we come to you this morning in a room with likely a whole host of different emotions. Hurt, pain, excitement, gratitude, remorse, frustration, anger, uncertainty, and who knows what else. But God, we thank you that whatever our current emotional state is, none of those things are too big to bring to you. You desire that we bring all of who we are to you, not just the parts we want to bring to you not just the presentable parts of who we are but all of us all of who we are to you and God you're big enough to to receive all of that and to walk with us through it so God we pray this morning for president trump he needs grace he needs wisdom he needs humility He needs the ability to see outside of himself and his movement and to see what's best for our country and for the world. And so God, we we pray that you would grant him those things and and more than anything, we we pray that you would grant him yourself. God, what he ultimately needs is a relationship with you and until he has a relationship with you, he, he cannot and will not see things that way, and so God, we pray for a relationship with you, that you would reconcile him to yourself, and that in response, you would offer him grace and compassion and wisdom and humility and all those things that are needed to lead in the coming days. And God, we pray for President-elect Biden. He will in all likelihood inherit a nation that is more divided and more volatile than most of us remember in our lifetimes. And so God, what he will need is is humility and patience and endurance and perseverance. God, he will need the ability to see outside of what is best for him and what is best for his party and he will need the ability to see what is good for a nation that is deeply in need of healing. So God, we we pray for those things for him. If he doesn't have a relationship with you, God, we pray that you would grant him a relationship with you. If he does have a relationship with you, we pray that he would lean on that, that he would draw from that, and from that relationship, he would obtain all of those things, grace, humility, patience, endurance, perseverance, all of that. And so God, we come to you this morning, we ask for things on behalf of our leaders, for all of our leaders, presidential candidates, Congress, all of that. We ask that you would bring them wisdom and humility and grace. And God, more than anything, we pray that you would grant them relationships with you and to live out of relationships with you. But God, finally, I wanna pray this morning for the church in America. God, would you give the church the desire to not lean on political or cultural power from the left or the right, but to lean on the power of the Holy Spirit. God, you've given us a spirit not of timidity, not of fear, but of courage. God, courage in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. And so, God, this morning, we... We call on, we seek, and we praise the name of Jesus above every other name, above every political party, every political candidate, and God, we ask for you and your presence within us. God, America is not the solution to the brokenness of the world. You are the solution to the brokenness of the world, and so God, would you enable us as your church to respond accordingly last we'll these things in your name for your glory for our good amen